0: So these two short poems, uh, one from Sumangala and one from Sumangala's mother, who were both uh, members of the original Sangha, um, they just speak to the, to the heart of our practice and to the heart of jhana meditation and how important this is. Uh, this first one, you'll see that Sumangala um, attributes right meditation uh, for his as a foundation for his awakening. Um, let me just read it. Freedom, freedom, I am, a, I am completely free from three crooked things: sickles, shovels, and plows. And those, so those are representative of just mundane human life and getting entangled in human life. Uh, things that are that are um, completely distracting as part of human life as drudgery. Even if they were right here, The Sumangala is referring to, he's no longer clinging to these things. Even if they were right here, I would still be free of them. Dujana, he's saying to himself, Dujana. Always mindful. Always mindful, Dujana. And now his mom, its one of the reasons why I love this, it kind of um, shows how the, a lot of the misunderstandings of the Buddha's original Dhamma, that it was uh, very pious and maybe even dour and uh, monks were walking around, you know, rigid and with hands folded all the time. It just wasn't the case. I, I would expect, and I, and I read it a lot in the suttas, that they just had a marvelous time disentangled from the world. They laughed a lot like we do, um, and they didn't take anything too seriously because they knew not to. Sumangala's mother. Freedom through jhana too, as an also. He starts out the same way. Freedom, freedom, I am completely free. Free from my pestle. Free from my shameless husband and his sunshade making. He's just calling he's a, he's a lazy SOS, you know, a so and so, and he just spends his time hiding under a tree. Free from my moldy old pot with its water snake smell. So he doesn't have to cook for that old bastard anymore. Passion, aversion, delusion, I cut with a single chop. Got to read it again. And again, remember the time. This is a time. Um, the Buddha is one of the first people in history to give women status, especially in, in northern India and southern Nepal. Women had no status. You, you couldn't even talk to them and you could get you could get beheaded and they could too. And so she, she came to the Buddha and didn't only become liberated in herself. She became liberated in her life. Passion, aversion, and delusion I cut with a single chop I have come to the root of a tree and I do jana. What bliss. That's the end of today's teachings. I should just leave it there, huh? And call it a class because that's pretty good. Uh, and again, these are the kind of things that you can come back to if you're having kind of a difficult day and you're struggling with your practice. Read one of these poems because I find them so inspiring and they also get right to the point. You know, we, we cut greed, aversion and delusion with a single chop. We just cut it out of our lives. And that's really as... Um, I keep using the word easy and people yell at me, but I'm still going to use it. Well, I use the word simple. It's, that, it's just that simple and direct. Uh, and, I, and it is difficult because of conditioned thinking and clinging, uh, things that we think are, are um, too important to, to cut out with a single chop. we got to work with it a little longer. Um, but that's the, that's the dhamma, and that's where concentration allows us to recognize things that are, that are delusional rooted in ignorance and have the ability to cut them out with a single chop so that's all a quick class Jeff what do you have to say about all this sorry about the cold guys
1: um, yeah I, I think I think the simplicity says it all yeah. you could you could probably worry this to death and try to pull deeper meaning out of it but I think it's the lesson is that it's just that simple
0: yeah. You said something important there, Jeff. Looking for a deeper meaning. I think one of the problems that many people have with the Dhamma is it's right there, and and we're kind of trained in, especially if you're in you know modern Buddhism and spiritual studies, you're always looking for something hidden. I was, you know, that was the whole point of. There's got to be something hidden. All it's only for me, or or for a small group of people. And if I get it, you know, I'm going to have some kind of power or understanding, and that's all ego based, isn't it? You know, and and there's nothing. The the Buddha just said, "Hey, folks, you're human beings, and this is how you realize being a human being." You know, I and mean, keep it keep it absurdly simple. Alex, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um...
0: You like this brevity mostly, though, right? Pardon? you like this brevity mostly. It's what? Uh, it's brevity. It's shortness. Yeah! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just give it so, a little needle.
1: Although although I was quite pumped for class today, I was kind of I thought, all right, I'm ready for this. Today. Good. But Good. anyway, um, yeah, I like um, I like the second one, the the chop, the single chop. Yeah, uh, image because that's exactly what it is. It's a single chop, and um, but like you said, like I'm glad you summarised. At the end, you, you you say it's simple, but it is it isn't for a conditioned mind. So, yeah, you might chop it out in one single swoop, but then the problem is, you, the next moment comes. Yeah. Then, yeah, Um, but I like it. It just the idea that we can have that liberation in that one moment. Yeah, makes me think. Well, why if you can have it in the moment, then then it's there forever, right? It's it, because the, all
0: you have is the moment. Yeah. What once you can establish that, yes, I mean that, that's. But yeah. there, there is it, there's a path. I mean that's why the Buddha taught it. He knew he knew that he couldn't just say go sit by a tree for you know a couple hours or a couple of days and you're good to go. He knew that that was just the foundation that you needed that concentration to then deal with the other use the use the other crap that we piled on ourselves in our lifetime yeah. and and the reference here to the to, uh, she's free of the pestle and the stinky water snake pot again that's reference to the things of the world that we become entangled with and the and again the direct teaching is recognize those things that are distracting us from the Dhamma and when they do as Dhamma practitioners it's always because we're giving them priority recognize them and cut them out meaning in this moment don't be distracted by them, recognize that as such and again it's just a simple teaching Um I I'm should sure. say though, the, it's, the, now remember that uh, Sumangala and his mom were living within the sangha. They weren't out in the world except to get their their food and other things that they needed. Um, and so it, it is easier when you are disentangled from the world to maintain that. Um, it's much more difficult for those of us that are out in the world every day. We're, we're you know we're dealing with friends and family and you know other yeah. things, jobs, um, but the The principle still applies whether we're we're prone to a lot of distraction like those of us in the world or we're secluded in a monastery somewhere. Those things still come up, and it's still for us to to do that in other words, we can't fall back on the fact that yeah, it's more difficult for me because I'm not isolated, you know this is the path we chose, and yeah. it's and the Buddha taught um monks and nuns and those. Uh, householders, people living out in the world alike. He didn't, he didn't treat them differently or give them a different Dhamma even though that, that's, a, that's a common mis, uh, misunderstanding of modern Theravadan Buddhism. They all say that there's special teachings for those who take vows and then there's those for you know, the common folk and you can't find that anywhere in the Dhamma. The Buddha just simply yeah. didn't teach that way. So um, Simple, difficult at times, but the practice is still the same. You know, whatever is coming up for us, chop it. So you were chop going to say something, Alex? I, I interrupted you.
1: Uh, no, lots of lots of things. Um, I just one thing that's happening for me. I think I brought it up in the teacher class the other the other day. Is for some reason I keep thinking about this idea of what we're meant to be doing. And um, is there any? Do you ever get this feeling that I don't know how to word this, but. When I think about what the Buddha is teaching us, it makes me think. Well, we've got it so wrong. Does it? Did, did he ever have this vision that? At what point do we do our minds become conditioned? Oh, it's from birth, right? Is what you say,
0: right? Yeah, it's simply so, as a consequence of having a human life. There's no yeah. yeah. There's no right or wrong, or I did something wrong. It's just as a. When the Buddha starts out, and this is something that that, that I think immediately leads people to speculating other things, the Buddha starts out by saying birth is dukkha, meaning birth is stressful. And so people who don't understand the Dhamma, who didn't take, and I'm just saying, just took a little bit of effort to read what he's talking about, you would realize he's not talking about having a human birth. He's talking (laughs) about having a human life is stressful as a consequence of birth there will be stress. And when you uh, understand that, you know some people will then say, well, you know, who, who cares about that? Why, why, why is that taking an awakened human being to point that out? He's not pointing it out that life is difficult. He's saying it's difficult because of our own craving and clinging rooted in ignorance of four noble truths, and we can liberate ourselves from that. So what's the meaning? The meaning of life to me now um, is to awaken. Because once that is accomplished, everything else is resolved, and, yeah. and that doesn't mean that 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 next month's mortgage is resolved. We'll be able to to deal much more peacefully and calmly with the deadline of next next month's mortgage or rent, et cetera, et cetera. We're yeah. still living in the world. We'll just we'll we'll live in the world with peace and calm. Excuse me, no matter what, and I can tell you from my own experience, that's true. i when these things first started happening to me, and they, and they're happening to you too, I began to notice. I be, began to notice, and this is a, you know going back a few years that I left my brother's house, and every time up until that point, I left my brother's house slamming the door and giving him you know a single digit. It didn't happen. He was in the he was in the house screaming at me like he always did. Don't ever come back to my effing house again. And these were, this was common occurrence over the years. And I walked out calmly, and that's that was one of the first times I had to admit this stuff really works this is way this is a long time ago and by the way, my brother's still yelling at me when I leave his house, and I'm still calm mm. that is that 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 alone would be worth everything I've ever done here, but of course that's taken taken hold in other areas of my life, mm. and so I'm much better able to deal with um I, again, just I, I hate to use myself all the time, but that's the only one I got. Um, I spent about five hours trying to get an a insurance thing straightened out today, and and not once, and I noticed this. Not once did I find the need to scream at someone, where in the past I would have gotten so frustrated and believed that in this. I mean, I you know, in this moment, if I just yell at this nice woman, I'm going to get what I need. You know, all they do is hang up on you, which they should. So. These are the practical benefits of it. The the external um, trappings of human life don't change at all, but we just live in them better, with with much more tr- uh, true grace and true peace and calm.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know why I just can't help wondering about this concept of I. I don't believe in a god. I don't. I don't want to. We don't have to go into this conversation now. But I just I can't help wondering about. This idea of um, what's meant to be and what isn't and whether there is, yeah, whether there is the possibility that that there was a creator, yeah. Like, did, well, did the Buddha ever consider that?
0: Let me cut you off there because you're, you're really talking about a few different things. Um, there, The Buddha doesn't, never discount, I never read anything where the Buddha said, there's no creator. Okay. But I also heard him say over and over again, "Don't go there," because you yeah. what what? And he doesn't say it this way. He doesn't say it because. Well, I'll say I'll say it the way he he means it, because it's just in your imagination that you can go there. It has to be a fabrication. There's no way a human being can know that that's true or not. And it has no effect on our human life, at least according to the Dhamma. In other words, he's saying that that. You, you you can appeal to outside agencies all you want. We, as individuals, are, are responsible for the quality of our mind, not some external agency. Um, I, I There was something else you said that, that was important, but I, I, I forgot it.
1: Um, you didn't
0: want to bring it up, but... Oh, was it that's uh, reincarnation, maybe? Oh, no, no. Uh, predetermination. Isn't there a point to all this? Aren't we supposed to be going somewhere? Again, yeah. just an understanding of impermanence disproves that immediately of course, there's nothing predetermined, everything is impermanent yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. and again, looking at the world as it is, everything is changing your 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 mind changes moment for moment. Yeah. How could anything be predetermined unless we believe in some overarching heavy hand that's guiding all this and if yeah. that's the case i am literally i because I, I you know I, I spend time thinking about that if I really believe that. What impact would that have on my life? So, if, so I really it, itself, if I really believed it, if I really believed it, I would do nothing at all.
1: Yeah. So, so you're saying the thought itself is is a is a form of clinging because yes, it doesn't exist. It it in this moment, it doesn't it doesn't exist. It doesn't change anything because everything ends anyway. Everything comes and goes anyway.
0: What? what <laughs> yes, no that's how we should view it. We don't know that there that. We, the Buddha doesn't teach anything like like an eternal mind or an eternal soul. It's just not something we should consider. If mm. by ha- perhaps we do have a soul, we'll find out. Mm. And if we have some kind of mind that's connected to other cosmic minds somehow, we'll find that out as well. But the mm. Buddha's saying, in this human life, you got one shot at it. Make the best of it. Don't take it personal because nothing is. And 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 take it with grace and calm. Mm. And then we can do, and again, there's nothing There's nothing wrong or bad with accomplishing or doing things. But what I found is that a well-concentrated, common, peaceful mind allows me much more time to do things that are important and that I can put my focus on rather than getting distracted by an endless number of things that I tend to want to distract myself from. Jeff had his hand up. Yeah. Uh,
1: oh, I was just, just going to say that... <clears throat> It's 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 fertile ground for discursive, endless yes. thinking. That that you, you, if you go there, you can't help but get lost in that because there's no there is no way to know. That's just not not available to us. Yeah. Yeah. You know the the best you can hope for is to be mindfully
0: present in in that moment to discover what happens. Yeah. Beyond
1: that, you have no other control
0: really yeah and in in this moment if i'm if i feel the need to just to have an idea of some supreme being in my life and kind of downplay the importance in my and like i'm playing games with myself it's still because i believe that i'm not enough yeah and it always and once i have that thought you know this is i know you've heard me say that the common human disease is self-loathing because it's that self that thought of I'm not good enough, self loathing, that leads to all of this speculation. Because if I felt okay. that I was if I was I was enough, I wouldn't grasp after these ideas. Or I would somebody might try to put it on me and I would reject it because I said, What do I need it for? I'm good to go.
1: I guess I guess the thing I'm trying to understand is it's okay to have the thought. I can't help these thoughts. It's okay to have the thought but just don't cling to it and and want an answer. It just it's just, just like
0: moment. it said here, chop it off. When you have chop the thought, it. don't again. This this is I. This is what I did. I bet it's what Jeff did, and maybe Mateo. Every time the thought comes up, and I'm speculating, or I was speculating about heaven or hell or in some kind of future life, and I used to analyze it. The more I simply cut it off and stop massaging it, stop putting giving any weight to it, it eventually just died away, and that's the way. Um, mental uh, momentum is like. It's something that you've been ho- hanging on to for a long time. Takes a little bit more work to keep chopping yeah. it and chopping it and chopping it and eventually it falls away.
1: And your, your axe is the breath, right?
0: Always, always. Every time I find myself in the past thinking about, I hope I make it to this heaven or that heaven or I read something in another, I don't read those books anymore, but read something about some past, some next life. Uh, it... it I go there, you know, and think about how um I looked at uh even I it's crazy, I looked at uh, when I was investigating all religions, I looked at Islam and that one and some variants of that, when you die you get seventy seven virgins are given to you. If you lived the right life and man for about two days that was all I'm going for was you know, live my whole life and I get seventy seven virgins until I had the thought, Do I really want to deal with seventy seven virgins? Really, I mean I was this is my thinking process forty years ago about uh, so again, realizing that the, and that helped me realize that the things that religion was promising me was just silly. I mentioned about sitting at the right hand of God forever, but that's what, what I was told it Why would I want that? and even now, now that I'm talking about it, the notion of some type of eternal life is incredibly excruciatingly boring to me mm. i I couldn't imagine that. And I don't have to, because this life, this moment is more than enough for me. It, mm. and it, I literally mean, it, more than enough. Uh, um, and you're getting there, Alex. The, the way you're developing the Dhamma, I wish you'd come to more classes, I had to say it. The way you're developing the Dhamma is uh, is bearing fruit, and you know it yourself.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Does, does that help? Because these are, these are kind of the, the basic fundamental questions.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's nice to have the space to go a bit deeper into the um, inquiry and uh, it, it does help,
0: yeah. Yeah, I'm going to send you a link for a, 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 a sutta on Vachagoda because uh, it's, it's just a question where Vachagoda, <coughs> he was a character that came in and out of the Buddha's life throughout the suttas and he'd always have the same questions. It was quite, where, he would ask the Buddha, where, did you, where were you before you existed here? Where do you go when you die? Where do I go? And, and the Buddha would always say, "Bachi, it's your questions that are confusing you. Let go of the questions. Meaning he wouldn't even get into all that I got into, but uh, I'm not as good of a teacher as Siddhartha was, I suppose. But it really is that. We just confuse ourselves by going there. And so we learn that anything that we speculate about, even if I'm imagining something that's going to happen tomorrow, stop. It's, it's just a, a painful a thought or a hurtful of thought as believing in God it's it's all just a distraction from this moment again great question thank you Alex matteo um
1: yeah not nothing to add so it was like good to hear jeff and Alex and uh, as you know I, I, I love reading poems so I really like to hear that uh, maybe I join a Muslim Sunday
0: <laughs> you like that idea huh? well we're all men here I, I actually was with one virgin in my life and it wasn't pleasant it really wasn't so I don't know what the big deal about it is so we, we probably shouldn't talk too much about that in Dhamma class but uh well, I, 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 I love these little short suttas because as you see, they have or, or just a poem. They, there's so much in there if you have the right context. You know, if you just came across this poem, it would be, yeah, okay, it's an interesting poem, but you wouldn't know how to apply it, but we do. Uh, John is the foundation of everything, and then there's just these other seven factors that we integrate as we can, uh, and we gain this great ability to be disentangled from the world. I got something popping up on my screen. Uh and it really does work. You're all, you're all experiencing it. Um, I, I mentioned to, to Jeff and Alex that we do have final dates for our retreat this year, and it's um, June 28th to July 3rd, a Tuesday, a Wednesday to a Sunday. So we should be well past COVID and all that stuff by then. So I hope you can join us, Matteo. I'll get all that out uh, in an email in a day or two as well. So. Sure, I will look, yes. Yeah. Good, good, good. Nothing like a retreat. All right. Uh, any other questions or comments? right right. We'll finish with, uh, with the Karaniya Metta Sutta as we always do. All right. So just take a moment to become mindful of your breath and your body. And these are the Buddha's words on Metta from the Karaniya Metta Sutta. Whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, medium, short or small, the seen and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life her child her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings. Radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will. Whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding. By not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, Being freed from all sense desires is not born again into this world. Thank you all for a wonderful class today. Peace. Thank you for listening. I rely on donations to support the continued restoration, preservation, and presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma. If you find benefit here, please consider a donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace.